Hey guys, welcome back to the What's Up Grimes podcast. I'm joined by MK as usual. Hello, darlings. MK, how was your week? Oh, I'm glad it's over. That's all I can say. Yeah, we had a rough grown adult lady week. <laughs> yes, very rough. But you nailed some eye makeup in like 30 minutes. Thank you. I was uh, a little nervous, but uh, I got there. So we're making some progress here. 10 out of 10. (laughs) So guys, it's an exciting night for us. Tonight, we're going to talk about how FAXA, we're going to record another podcast. And then we have the amazing Lance Moore, who's an artist joining us later tonight. So we're here to hang out with each other for a long time. Yeah, let's do this. All right, guys, let's dive right into how facts. Uh, we started with Getty Primes last or last month. <laughs> we talked about Getty Primes. Oh this is the first in our album series. We're now on to the second in our Grimes album series. How Faxa was released in October of 2010. Its main genres are synth pop, ambient pop, dark wave, and ethereal wave. Claire states that it was written after having a quote, good friend with or good time with her friend Duffy. Which, have you seen certain shows where Duffy is on stage? Never. Yeah, Who's whole- Duffy? Which one? Oh, oh, MK. Duffy's a whole thing. So she talks about Duffy in multiple interviews. One is, like, not that well-known. She's, like, behind stage with a couple of friends. It's kind of a crappy interview, and she talks about Duffy. Duffy is on stage on several of her, like, baby beginning shows, mm-hmm. dancing as very much himself. And then she mentions Duffy in this album breakdown interview that everybody is familiar with. Uh, she says she just has a good time with him in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and that she was, quote, really into exes at the time. So she decided to name the album Halifaxa versus keeping it Halifax and also said she really liked girls' names. And of course, you and I talked about it on one of the other podcasts, kind of foreshadowing for her naming her baby X. Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing pictures of him now. Yes. Uh, the dancing. Uh-huh. <laughs> were they together? Are they, were they in a relationship? Doesn't look like it, but I really would want to ask her, hey, where is he now? Like, Are you guys still friends? I didn't know who he was until now, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not. <laughs> She's never brought him up since then. <laughs> Okay, so Halifaxa represents in several ways the beginning of a transformation period for Boucher. This comes from an article by Obscure Sound. All the songs on Halifaxa are recorded like on Getty Primes. It's very DIY fashion directly through microphone on Boucher's computer. Change is on the horizontal though, at least in regard to studio methods. So she's tweaking tweaking her sound little by little. Tweaking. Yeah. That sounds like it should be a word. It should. Yeah. Halifax has 16 tracks. Oh, go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say that Halifax has 16 tracks in total, including the bonus tracks. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I read the Pitchfork article about (laughs) this album, and it has like reminiscent medieval themes, like Gregorian chants. Um, And I randomly saw another interview with her. I don't know. You know, we do our homework here at What's Up With (laughs) What's Up With Um, So she, the interview where she has like the line makeup 
yes. and like a little bit the bangs and she was talking about uh genesis mm-hmm. and saying she was raised catholic and um that that song really was about her um remembering what it was like when she was like seven or so and thinking that the cat like catholicism was like an action movie so that that's where she got that idea and i thought that was so interesting that halifaxa also has like very church-like medieval sounds too so i wonder if she was just really into catholicism with this album as well just representing it and you know a throwback to it that's what it looks like and you actually set the next couple facts up perfectly because she explained that the record is meant to be an electronic interpretation of middle age christian reverence an exploration of sensations beyond earthly experience quote from claire i wanted to capture the beauty of being in a beautiful cathedral and hearing reverbed devotional vocal music and really believing in heaven and in hell and that came from the pitchfork interview that you're referencing yeah that was a good article um this album wasn't one of the ones i got into first was Mm -hmm. it for you as well is this is this one no it's not a favorite i mean there's a couple songs that you're like oh okay this is where she she's on the right path towards becoming herself yeah i can hear i was listening to it again today right before we recorded and there's several songs where i'm like oh yeah there's that ethereal sucks you in type tones but I'm really more so into the more modern albums of hers. And I feel like on Twitter, I'm seeing that people fall into one of two camps. You're either old school Grimes or you're newer album Grimes and people come for you if you talk about the older albums in a negative way. Yeah, I mean, when people are starting out, they're not going to have the same skill set. They're going to grow and they're going to, and clearly her producing skills and just songwriting skills in general got better with time so it has really nothing to do with hate on those albums she just wasn't where she is now and you know no hate no hate on that no hate on that at all and i love the concept behind the album she refers to it as her medieval album which we referenced a couple times um along that same theme Apparently, many of her theories for Halfaxa were inspired by her own idol at the time, Hildegard von Bingen, which she does bring up in that interview, who was a 12th century German saint without musical training, whose music was inspired by divine visions she received starting at the age of three. As explained in von Bingen's theological text, after the fall, music became a means of assessing a lost state of perfection, which sounds very Grimes-ish. Very Grimes-ish. I wonder when she she kind of got over the whole like I've I've gotten the religious, you know, bug out of me, and now I'm going to move on to like more pop music. I'm also curious if we asked her today, what are your views about spirituality and about religion, what she would say? I'm trying to think of what exactly she was saying on Twitter recently. You know, she was talking about trying to find some kind of religion, right? She was like kind of workshopping what 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 would be a good place for her. I think she's looking for some kind of spiritual calling. Right, because we see this referenced again in Miss A with New Gods, 
where she wanted yeah. to create these gods just like they used to have in pagan culture, where you go to one god for one thing and the next god for another thing, that that felt very comforting to her. So yeah. I can only imagine that she still, you know, thinks about it in her free time. Yeah. And per- personifying nature as a god, too. She's she's very much into that. And, and that seems to be crossing over into book one, too. Oh, that yeah. same kind of realm. Yes, absolutely. Another thing about her tweets, which we'll get to tweets on one of the next podcasts because there's been a lot of C tweets recently. I can it's never like a tell. Podcast. It's a whole, if we could just read C's tweets for an hour in in her style, <laughs> you know. But I can never tell with her tweets what she's serious about versus what she's joking about. So obviously some of them are clearly jokes, but the religious ones, for example, are you actually looking for a polytheistic religion? Are you interested in that? Or was that just something that you're joking? Cause that sounded like a fun thing to tweet about while you were high on meds from your supposed alleged facelift. Don't know. <laughs> I think she's probably looking and longing for something. I mean, she did go to Catholic school. She had that kind of structure and when you have that structure as a kid and you grow up and you have options, you kind of need to find where your spirituality will go. You kind of, you need to, to feed that somehow. And expressing yourself through art isn't always going to feed that spirituality. You kind of might need an actual religion or some kind of, you know, meditation or, you know, some kind of spiritual activity. Yeah. If you guys are familiar at all, Google something called the wellness wheel for your mental health. So there's different facets of wellness. It's not just physical wellness, which we all think of like working out, eating right. There's also intellectual wellness and emotional wellness, making sure you're okay or going to therapy to make sure you're okay. Um, Intellectual wellness, stimulating yourself through your career, environmental wellness. Are you safe where you're at? One of the other facets of wellness is spiritual wellness meaning how are you finding purpose and meaning in your life? And MK, you can speak on this because I think for C, something that comes up when you become a parent is now I have to choose what I'm going to impart to my kids about spiritual beliefs. So I imagine it becomes more prevalent in your life when you're a parent trying to decide how do we teach our kiddos? Yeah, I have not been excellent about that. (laughs) to be honest um he i mean my oldest is eight so he's really not looking for that per se but he he does believe in god he talks about it and and asks to go to church sometimes but doesn't you know we don't really get into anything my husband was raised very 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 catholic Mm -hmm. me i had a catholic and a protestant parent so we didn't really go to church all too often. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a huge <laughs> split right there. Yeah. Speaking of your kids, by the way, you sent me the cutest video this week of your youngest is speaking a full sentence for the first time. That's true. Yeah. Uh, my youngest is five and many of you know he has nonverbal autism. So he's he says mama and love, you know, one word responses. Um, He's never really said a full sentence ever uh, up until the past two weeks 
where he's said, I love you and done the ASL along with it, saying, I love you to his brother. And it's been the most amazing experience. He won't say it to me or my husband, (laughs) but he will certainly tell his brother that he loves him, which has meant so much to his big brother. You know, it's, it's been a, it's been a bonding experience for them. And I'm so glad that, you know, we were all able to witness it. So sharing that with you and others in the, the community has been really awesome. It was super touching to watch too. Okay, guys, Claire states that she, quote, didn't know what she was doing at the time of producing this record, which of course she didn't. So we talked about, you're brand new to this. You just put out Getty Primes, and then you had this great week in Halifax, and you decided to produce another album, and she didn't know that millions of people would one day be hearing this. To me, that would be terrible. People hearing my rough draft of stuff, and I never thought I'd become famous. And now yeah. everybody's listening to it, which it's not a bad album. It's not like it's trash no. by any means, but still, it must feel like her rough draft to her. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Getty Primes is way more of a rough draft. This is like maybe a second draft. That's you sounds, know, like, yeah. Because Dream Fortress, that's my favorite song on this album. It's a good song. That's something that you could totally hear on Visions. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, there's another 2010 interview and the way I tend to like to research these albums is to look into the interviews because the interviews at the time give you a glimpse into what C is thinking at the time and how she's feeling at the time. And by the way, off topic MK, in one of the interviews, she talks about getting ready to go on stage and the way she gets ready to go on stage is to like drink a beer, have some throat lozenges. And then she says, I like to do 20 skips on the skipping rope. (laughs) <laughs> to get hyped <laughs> like I just see her drinking a beer with like <laughs> cough drop and doing it all at once oh my god I'm throwing stuff it was so <laughs> grimes <laughs> right. oh my gosh I wish there was video of that this is a pretty great insight for her in this 2010 interview she says I always make music that's the opposite of how I feel so like mm. Getty Primes is pretty poppy and Halifax is pretty dark. It's opposite to the weather too. Right now I'm cold and depressed, so I make really happy music. At the time she was working on visions. So that makes sense. Yeah. When I was really hot, overheated, and at my dad's wedding and feeling good in the summertime, I made Halfaxa, which is depressing and dark. The music I'm listening to right now is gospel music and happy music because it makes me feel less bad about living in Montreal in the wintertime when there's no green. So there's no doubt that she struggles with depression. Hmm. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Canada in the winter, forget about it. You need like a seasonal depression lamp for that kind of weather, you know? Crazy. Crazy. This brings us into a few of the songs. Where Guild is technically my favorite, not actually because of the way the melodies sound, but because it's the one that she says, Voinamir, say something, Voinamir. And I find that so endearing and so very Grimes-ish in it. And ironically, at the time of me researching this, y'all, I was listening to one of the great courses on Audible. Again, hashtag not sponsored, but we should be. Hello. The great courses on Audible are like my favorite pastime because I'm a dork and I really miss being in school. And so I was listening yeah. to one on English history and it was talking yeah. about Wear Guild. So Wear Guild's basically 
refers to the cost of a human life. So that's the way that their legal system worked back in medieval uh, England. Basically, this song is a jittering incantation of a dance track, takes its name from an archaic legal value placed on all human beings and property based on social rank. Drag that is so cool. Right? And it's so, again, C, where the intellectualism comes in. I couldn't think to write this or to, I don't know, come up That's with That's what I'm wondering. Did she research this or is this something she just already knew and wrote her songs that way? Or was she writing and then looking up stuff and researching? Because obviously, I mean, with Getty Primes, she's a big fan of Dune and was reading the book, obviously, to help, I mean, aided the book, the the album. Yeah. So I think with this, I'm curious if she was simultaneously learning about that time and then writing it, or if it's something that she just already had knowledge of. MK, I don't know how often you're on the Grimes subreddit. How often are you on the Grimes subreddit? I dabble. I dabble as well, usually when I'm doing research. And sometimes I wish I did not dabble. <laughs> usually, I deem, usually I DM you when I dabble and I feel strongly one way or the other. But I saw <laughs> I saw a depressing comment because the haters going to hate on the crime subreddit. Yeah. And one of the comments said, basically, she is dumb, that she acts uh-huh. intellectual and says all the hot topic keywords and thinks that that makes her sound smart. And I'm like, did have you listened to a full interview with her, especially like the full podcast, the Lex Friedman podcast, where she's clearly following the, the topic through. She's not throwing yes. out key phrases. She's, she's no. having a full conversation. I'm sorry. Anyone that hooks up with Elon Musk in a serious way can't just be a phony intellect. Also true. They're perfect for each other. I know. Guys, we're recording this on October 7th, and Elon's been busy getting in trouble on Twitter solving Ukrainian and Russian issues. Or so He's he in the news every single day. Literally. Like, that must be exhausting for that whole family. Literally. And if you're me, and you follow Elon's jet or Elon's plane, whatever it is on Twitter, so you can see when he, like, takes off and lands in his personal what? jet oh yeah mk you gotta follow it it's such a such a riot okay he flies like <laughs> multiple times per day and i'm like that's exhausting like flying once a month for me would be like mm, i'm out but like multiple times per day he's jetting off to tesla and spacex and whatever and it, it, i mean it's mostly between texas and california but still yeah. how do you have energy so, so instead of a driver he is a pilot yeah like <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. Sorry, guys. Way off topic, but we had to discuss it. Drag Vendil is a Viking sword in Final Fantasy, one of the Final Fantasies. I didn't write down which one. That's that's nice. That sounds about right. Sounds whichever one. <laughs> uh, Devin is her ex-boyfriend, Magical Clouds. Devin Welsh, but in in the song lyric says, or one of them says, "But you don't love me anymore, and I've never felt so broken up before." And then she Aww. went on to date Mr. Musk years later. <laughs> How long was she with Devin? Question. It didn't say when I looked into it. But he's featured on oh that early documentary that she's in. And I forget what it's called. And it's like a tour diary. 
Anyway, I'll have to check that out. I know very little about her love life prior to Elon Musk. There's not much out there unless I'm looking in the wrong places. Uh, shoot. I know about Devin. I know about James Brooks, and that's all I know about. Um, and then this next part, one of my last facts, one of my favorite facts. Somewhere along the line, Boucher lost the rights to her early records. Six years after its original release, Halfaxa is being reissued by Artibus, her first label. Boucher has made it clear that she has nothing to do with the reissue. Copies of the record sell for over $200 online. So reissuing it on vinyl is a convenient way for Artibus to make Halfaxa more accessible while also making money. She references Mm. this throughout several interviews where she talks about how she signed an NDA and she can't talk about what happened early on. But apparently she got screwed over. Oh, that's with this album. I think so. Yeah, I do remember her talking about that. I wonder what happened. I mean, obviously she didn't, she was young and didn't know what she was signing and worked with people that were shady. Yeah, I think in the beginning, you're just so happy that somebody approached you. Like any yes is a good yes. And so I can see myself being young and dumb and signing something. Also, I was dumb till I was like 27, like severely dumb till I was 27. I find that very hard to believe, Jen. (laughs) Well, I look back at my life choices up till 27 and like that was questionable and that was not something I would have done now. So I I feel bad for like 21 year olds going through it because I remember what it was like at 21. Oh, when I think back on my... 21 days very cringy same (laughs) i did dumb stuff it's all part of life (laughs) grown it at least as you're just supposed to go through phases right like all right so what did i miss on halfaxa that you picked up on or that we needed to discuss more of i would like to Getty Primes, I couldn't really get into as much. I love the concept, but Halfaxa, I really love the concept and I really love a lot of the sounds from it. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, there's certain songs where you're like, like the ones where she's like, "Ah," and you're like, okay, you're just, you're just playing, you know, you're figuring it out. And that's kind of, and that's more like the, you know, the medieval Gregorian chants. It's not something you want to pop on all the time. You're like, I'm going to make dinner and then listen to, uh, but there are some snippets and of real grimes and she's like found she, I think she really found her voice with this album. Yes. Yeah. It sounds so much more grimes like it's leading into visions, which we'll go over on another podcast. Jen's jam. It's my jam. It is my favorite. Oblivion. I could listen to Oblivion all day, every day, nighttime. It's such a good song. Another thing I found when I was researching this was she was talking to an interviewer at a festival about who she was into at the time while she was recording this album. She says she was into Salem Burial, Al Green, medieval choral music. There it is. And Mariah Carey as recent influences, which... We all know about Mariah Carey, that recent DJ set where she dropped All I Want for Christmas is You in the DJ set. Classic yeah. times. There was another DJ set eons ago where she put that in mm-hmm. in as well. I don't remember what year that was, but it was it was it was Art Angels era. Yeah, and she got canceled over it at the time, which is why she trolled by putting All I Want for Christmas is You 
in the recent DJ set. Yeah. Go see. You can hear Mariah Carey in this album. Like the, the high vocals, like you can really hear that influence. Yeah. Not a bad influence. Not a bad influence. It gets brought up in the Nardwar interview where he gives her a Mariah Carey album, I believe. Oh, yeah. Classic Grimes lore. <laughs> so I know for many of you, this is one of your favorite albums. I'm thinking specifically of Casper. people like Casper. <laughs> we love this song. We're looking at you, Casper. He calls it Halifax the Supremacy. Let us know what you guys <laughs> think on our comment section. And we will see you guys on our next podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.